When life brings you to a crossroads, it's time to start following the right roadmap. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah examines such a crossroads in Hebrew history as a new leader must unite Israel behind God's plan for claiming the Promised Land. From his series, Courage to Conquer, here's David to introduce today's message, Courage When Your Future Depresses You. Okay, here we go again. This one is from Joshua chapter 1, another really encouraging passage of Scripture, another one of my favorite Old Testament Scriptures. Basically, this whole series are Well, it's made up of my favorite passages, many from the Old Testament, some from the New, passages that give courage to me, that strengthen me, that lift me up when I feel like uh, uh, things are getting tough and the load is getting heavy. These are the key passages of the Bible. How blessed I am to be able to share them with you. Once again, Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9, these are passages to pump you up passages to keep you going. And this month during um, this particular series, we're making available a whole book full of encouraging promises from the Old Testament. Uh, The book is by Rob Morgan. It's called The Jordan River Rules, and it's filled with principles to help you, well, move forward in your life and not get stuck. It is an incredible book filled with motivational truth Uh, I just want so badly for you to have it, but even more so for you to read it and implement it in your life. It will strengthen you. It will, well, it will add value to your walk with the Lord. So here's how you get your copy. Sit down and review the blessing of Turning Point in your life and send a gift to Turning Point during the month of February. We ask you to do that because that's the only way we can keep doing what we're doing. This is not a funded program. It is funded by the people who listen, the people who are blessed. If Turning Point has made a difference in your life, why don't you take a moment, let us know that, and uh, when you send a gift of any size during this month, simply ask for the book, The Jordan River Rules, and it will be on its way to you before you know it. We love this interchange we have with you. The teaching, the preaching, the responding, the helping, the giving, the praying, all of it's a part of this great Turning Point family, which reaches out across the entire world with the message of God's Word. And today, we're going to talk about how to have courage when your future depresses you from Joshua chapter 1. The passage of Scripture that's before us today is one of the most explosive passages in all of the Bible. It is the key to success in the Christian life. It is the roadmap to the future. It is the only passage in all of the Bible that uses the word success. If you will listen in the next few moments, if you will write down some principles that I'm going to give you, and if you determine to follow them, your life will be changed forever. I would not make this promise if it were not the very promise of the Bible itself. I cannot guarantee success, not to you or to anyone, but the God I serve can do that. Now before we get to the principles, I need to help you see this section of Scripture in its proper context. This passage of Scripture in the book of Joshua, the first chapter, begins this Old Testament book, and it's all about transitions. Frankly, if we're honest, many of the transitions that we go through in life are painful experiences. The passage which we are studying today, the transition between the leadership of Moses and the leadership of Joshua, 
is one of the most painful and difficult transitions that's recorded in the Bible. And yet at the same time, it's one of the most powerful passages you could ever study. Moses was one of the greatest men who ever lived. Most Jews even today point to Moses as the great hero of Judaism. How would you like to have been Moses' successor? (laughs) Joshua 1, 1 and 2 says this, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Now, it's difficult to estimate the effect that Moses' death had on the people of Israel. For so many years, he had been their leader. He had led them out of bondage, where for 400 years, their nation had been under the oppression of the Egyptians. Moses had been their emancipator, the Abraham Lincoln of the Jewish nation. He had been commissioned by Almighty God to lead the people out of Egypt and out of bondage. Moses had stood before Pharaoh and delivered God's message, let my people go. Moses had been the instrument of God used to send the plagues upon the Egyptians when Pharaoh wouldn't comply with God's instruction. Moses had stood on the shore of the Red Sea And when the waters miraculously parted so that the children walked across the Red Sea on dry ground as they went through their exodus out of Egypt, Moses had stretched out his rod across that same body of water and all the people of Israel watched as the horses and chariots of the pursuing Egyptians were drowned. Moses had gone up to Mount Sinai and received the law and the commandments from Almighty God. In fact, the Bible says something about Moses that is not said about any other man in the Bible. Listen to these words from Exodus chapter 33. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Moses and God were on intimate terms Moses took what God said to him and communicated it to the people, and Moses talked to God about the problems of the people. Moses, without question, was God's man. There had been many occasions when the children of Israel murmured against Moses. Many times when they cried out to God because they didn't like what he was doing, but the bottom line was this. The people of Israel knew that Moses was God's man, and that trumped everything else. They feared him and they respected him all at the same time. They murmured against him and they loved him all at the same time. And when Moses died, Deuteronomy 34, 8 tells us that all the children of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab for 30 days. Now the timing of Moses' death could not have been worse for the children of Israel. He died on the eve of their greatest need. As a people, they had never been so vulnerable. If you know the history of this people, they had wandered in the wilderness for 40 years because of their disobedience at Kadesh Barnea. And now God had lifted the curse that had been on them because of their unbelief. They were now on the border of the land of Canaan, the promised land. And God had told them they were to go into the promised land, not only to settle it, but to subdue all of the enemies and destroy them from off the face of the earth. Not only were these nations powerful, but they were well armed 
noted for their size. The spies who came back to Kadesh Barnea to report on who was in the land of Canaan said that the people they saw looked to them like giants. And they were also well known for their military prowess and their cruelty to whoever they captured. The people of Canaan were far advanced, even beyond the culture and civilization as it was known at that time. Joshua validates their reputation in Joshua chapter 17. He says, all the Canaanites who dwell in the land of the valley have chariots of iron. That had never been heard of before. The fortified cities of Canaan, according to the reports, were walled up to heaven. Now, that was probably a bit of an exaggeration, but it gave you the impression of that when you saw it, according to the spies. And not only were they in trouble because they were ill-prepared to fight a battle for which they had no preparation and no experience, there was another problem as well. For 40 years, the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, and God had fed them every day with the world's first home delivery service. Their food was delivered to their doorstep every day. But now that they were ready to leave the wilderness and enter into the land of Canaan, God tells the people that they are responsible for their own food. In that set of circumstances, Moses is dead. The people are supposed to go fight these seven nations. They have no military experience. They don't have any food program. And God comes to Joshua and says, Joshua, you the man. And I'm thinking to myself, Lord, save me from being Joshua, right? (laughs) The name Joshua in the Bible means Jehovah saves. It is the Old Testament equivalent of the name Jesus. And what an appropriate name for the man who would take over the leadership for Moses and take the children of Israel across the Jordan River and into the land of Canaan. Now today, in our culture, if we were to face a transition like that in the business world, we would no doubt hire a consultant to come and give us counsel, help us find a new strategy, a new leader. Let's suppose for a moment that we are the consultant that has been hired to prepare Joshua to take over in the situation I've just described. What would we say to him? How would we get him ready to walk in Moses' shoes? Well, let me suggest that Joshua did have a consultant. He had a divine consultant. Almighty God is going to be Joshua's consultant. Almighty God is going to give to Joshua one of the greatest motivational speeches I have ever read. It has often encouraged me in times of transition and times of great challenge. If your future is a fearful thing to you, if you are being called to a new assignment which seems beyond the scope of your abilities, or if you just need a little pumping up, and encouragement to continue on the thing God has called you to do. Listen carefully as Almighty God lays out a six-point plan for success in life. Listen to the divine consultant. Principle number one, the principle of divine perspective. Notice in the first part of this chapter, in verse 3 and in verse 5, that Almighty God, speaking to Joshua, refers back to Moses. In verse 3 he says, as I said to Moses. And in verse 5 he said, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. The first thing the divine consultant did to help Joshua was to give him perspective about where he was and who he was and the flow and context of his life. 
What the divine consultant did for Joshua in these references to Moses is an important principle or strategy for facing the unknown future. God caused Joshua to remember for a moment what he had experienced as Moses' assistant, Moses' partner in ministry, if you will. He made Joshua look back and remember all the ways that God had led Moses, all the mighty acts that had been performed in behalf of Moses' leadership. Now God said, Joshua, you remember Moses? As I was with him, so I will be with you. What a powerful moment that must have been in Joshua's life. One of the most important things we can ever do as we face the uncertainties of the future in our life is to remember what God has done for us in the past. One of the reasons I love the biographies of Christian leaders is they remind me of that simple truth. And I find myself thinking as I read about Charles Spurgeon or David Livingston or some of the others who've gone before us, Lord God, if you did that for him, why can't you do that for me? If you are the God of that person, you are the God of this person, as you did in the past, now do in the present. You know, it was also important for Joshua to look backwards so that he could get over what someone has referred to as second lieutenant mentality. Joshua had walked beside Moses for 40-some years, but Joshua had to stop thinking of himself as the second man. He was going to be the leader from this moment on. And so God was giving to Joshua, first of all, principle number one, the principle of divine perspective. When you don't know where you're going, it's important to find out where you are. And when you know where you are, then you can figure out where to go. So God has now kind of put Joshua in this context. Now, the second thing God does is he gives him, number two, the principle of divine purpose in verses two through four. Now God says to Joshua, go and arise over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel, and every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. As I said to Moses, from the wilderness of the Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Now the second thing God did for Joshua is he gave him some clear directions. He reminded him of the purpose that was his going forward. He gave him a goal. God told Joshua to walk on every piece of ground in the land of Canaan. And God told Joshua that every piece of ground that he walked upon would be given to him and to his people. God was giving Joshua focus. He was telling Joshua that he needed to keep his mind and heart and the mind and heart of his people on the purpose that was before them, which was to occupy the land of Canaan which God had already given to them. Now, God had given it to them, but it wasn't going to be theirs unless they appropriated it. God gave them the land, but he said, it's not yours till you walk on it, till you take control of it. Joshua, you and your people go throughout the whole land and every place where your foot falls in this land of Canaan, it's already yours. Now you take it. They had clear instructions. God was telling Joshua to keep his objectives before him. What would happen to Joshua as he walked throughout the land of Canaan? He would remember and cause his people to remember the promise that they had from Almighty God. This is our land. There is something that is very freeing and liberating and invigorating about knowing what you're supposed to do. You know, we sometimes have job descriptions. I'm not necessarily a great one for job descriptions, but I am a great one for people knowing what they're supposed to do. When you know what you're supposed to do, then you get up every morning and you make your list and you go forward. 
And God gave to Joshua and to his people that sense of purpose. As you begin to implement this strategy in your life of Joshua, you will discover that where there is focus, there is no fear. Where you know what God wants you to do, you can go forward with strength and with courage. So God, first of all, gave Joshua the divine principle of perspective. Then he gives him the divine principle of purpose. Now he's going to give him the principle of divine persuasion. Joshua needs a little persuading. He needs a little prodding. And what's going to come out of the mouth of God to Joshua in these next words is one of the great motivational cores of the Bible. Notice in Joshua chapters 1, verse 6, 7, and 9, how God reemphasizes truth. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 6, he says to Joshua, now Joshua, be strong and of good courage. In verse 7, he says, only be strong and very courageous. And in verse 9, he says, have not he commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Now you'll get the impression that God was interested in Joshua being strong and courageous. Three times he says it within the context of these verses. This is the heart of God's motivational speech to this leader. Three times he tells Joshua to be strong. The word strong means to be resolute and firm, not swayed by others from the direction to which you have been called. Means to have convictions and stick to them. Three times God tells Joshua to be courageous. The word courage here has to do with the word daring. Would have taken a tremendous amount of daring on the part of Joshua to be God's man in Canaan. Can you imagine what Joshua was thinking when God told him he was to march around the city of Jericho in order to defeat it? You want me to do what? But God told him to do it, and in his courage and in his resolute nature, he followed the principles of God. To do the right thing when everyone else thinks you are doing the wrong thing, that is what courage is all about. That is what strength and fortitude is all about. If we are to succeed, we must develop that characteristic in our lives as well. Joshua, you see, had been one of only two men who had come back from Kadesh Barnea when they went in to spy out the land of Canaan 42 years before this. And when the spies came back from the reconnaissance of Canaan, 10 of the spies said, we can't take this nation because it's filled with giants and it's filled with all kinds of terrible people and we're going to just get devoured. But two men, Joshua and Caleb, came back and they said, we can do this because it's not about us and them, it's about us and God. And so the two men said, we're capable of doing it. Now, Joshua had to stand up against the majority. The majority report was wrong. How many of you know that a lot of times the majority report is wrong? Sometimes the minority report is the will of God. And well-led is the nation that has somebody in front of them who even though everybody else says, no, 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 if they know it's right, they go forward and do it. Sometimes, if you're going to be a leader, you have to be strong enough to stand up against all of the pressure that comes at you by people who think they know what is right when in actuality they do not. Joshua was a man whose courage and strength was based on the promise of God. Joshua was already a man of courage, but God says, Joshua, you've got to be even more courageous. And three times he told him to be strong. Three times he told him to be courageous. Lawrence Dunbar has reminded us in poetic form that minorities since time began have shown the better side of man and often in the lists of time 
One man has made a cause sublime. We often think that majorities are right, but often the minority stands for the truth. And Joshua was a man of that kind of persuasion. Now, are you following how God is preparing his servant, the divine consultant, in his consulting session? He's first of all given Joshua perspective about who he is and where he is. Then he's given him a goal. He now has a plan. He knows where he's headed. He's got a purpose. Then God comes alongside of him and gives him a motivational speech. And he says, now, Joshua, this is going to not be easy. I want to tell you, this is not a walk in the park. You're not going to just get up and go out and do this without it being a struggle. Now, what I want you to know is it's going to take strength and it's going to take courage. Now, go do it. That's why I like to read this passage when I get a little discouraged. I read this passage and I play like I'm Joshua. And I listen to the Lord pump me up with this speech. Now, notice fourth in this whole step program that God has given to Joshua, not only the principle of divine perspective and the principle of divine purpose and the principle of divine persuasion, notice fourth, the principle of divine priority. Verses seven and eight, God says, Joshua, be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper Wherever you go, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Now let's unpack these verses. God tells Joshua what is to be the highest priority of his life. He says, now Joshua, when you march into the land, and you've crossed over the Jordan, you are automatically, as soon as you step your foot on the other shore, you're a target. These nations are not going to take lightly to you coming in to unseat them. So here's how you're going to keep yourself. If you make this your priority, you'll be successful and you'll be prosperous. What he meant by that was you'll accomplish what you're setting out to do. Now you would have thought God might have said to Joshua, make sure you keep your military mind focused. Make sure you know what you can do by sending out reconnaissance teams. God didn't say any of that. God said, if you want to be successful, here's your priority. He said, you're to meditate in the word of God every day and make that your focus. Now, I've broken this down into some sub-principles that I want to give you because every word in these two verses is critical. Every word is important. God said to Joshua, first of all, when it comes to the Bible or the law of God, talk about it constantly. Verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. In other words, Joshua, wherever you go, whatever you do, always be talking about the word. Always be telling people what God has said. Joshua was instructed to make the book of the law the topic of all of his conversation with everybody. He was to speak of it to his family and to his friends and to his soldiers. When you got into a conversation with Joshua, he was to draw you to the book of the law by what he said. And that's what happens when you become dependent upon God's word. You look for it everywhere. You look for every opportunity you have to share it. It becomes the word of your mouth. And uh, it replaces a lot of stuff that's less valuable. I promise you that. When you let this happen to you, you will find that God's word is not only uh, reflected in your own words and in your life, it helps so many people uh, that you meet with. We'll have more about this on Monday as we finish up uh, this discussion of courage when your future depresses you. Here's some of the topics coming up. 
Courage when failure defeats you. Courage when friends disappoint you. Courage when fatigue drains you. All of that coming next week here on Turning Point. Don't forget to get a copy of Rob Morgan's book, The Jordan River Rules, 10 God-Given Strategies for Moving Forward. He reminds us on the front cover of this book that the same God who led you out will lead you on. He doesn't want you just to be out of what you're in. He wants you to go forward into what he has planned for you. And the Jordan River Rules will help you do that. It's our way of saying thank you to you for your gift during the month of February. We love to bless you with these books that we know will add value to your walk with God. And so be sure and ask for your copy of The Jordan River Rules when you send your gift to Turning Point today. And we'll see you here on Monday. Have a great weekend. Be sure to go to church. Find Turning Point on television. We're there. We'll see you next time. I'm David Jeremiah. For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's series, Courage to Conquer, please visit our website where you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected, our monthly magazine turning points and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of Robert J. Morgan's book, The Jordan River Rules, 10 God-Given Strategies for Moving Forward. Learn how God uses crisis to prepare you for stronger days ahead. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard, New International, and New King James versions with notes and articles from Dr. Jeremiah's decades of study. Get the details when you visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us Monday as we continue the series, Courage to Conquer, here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. If you're ready to move towards the promises God has given you this year, then you'll love The Jordan River Rules, written by Robert Morgan. You'll learn 10 God-given strategies for moving forward, including how to encircle obstacles with biblical faith. This encouraging hardcover is yours with a gift of any amount to Turning Point this month. And when you give $70 or more, you'll also receive the Courage to Conquer set, featuring Dr. Jeremiah's teaching series, companion study guide, and bookmark. Request yours at davidjeremiah.ca. In all we do each day, Dr. David Jeremiah and Turning Point work to make a global impact for the kingdom of God. But we can't do it alone. That's where Bible Strong Partners come in. These loyal monthly supporters form the foundation of Turning Point, allowing Dr. Jeremiah to teach the whole counsel of God. Partnering with Turning Point enables you to share in the eternal impact of this ministry, leading people to Christ through our media and printed resources, multiplying Bible teaching broadcasts, presenting the gospel around the globe, and strengthening the saints. In appreciation for your partnership, Turning Point wants to provide you with exclusive monthly resources and study guides, member-only communications, an on-demand library of study content, and so much more. Are you ready to see what the Lord will do? Let's expect to change the world together. Go to davidjeremiah.ca slash BibleStrong to become a BibleStrong partner today. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash BibleStrong. The largest task ever assigned to a group of people in human history is the Great Commission, the task of making disciples of Jesus in all the nations. 
but he only gave his original disciples two specific instructions. Baptize the new converts and teach them what I taught you. Everything else, how, when, and where, Jesus left up to them. I find that amazing, that Jesus entrusted such a huge task to us with so few instructions. He obviously trusted his disciples and us to carry out the huge job of spreading the gospel. Trust instills responsibility in those who are entrusted. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover all the things God trusts you to do on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.